Welcome to the first ever Penn State Hoops podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Nate Bauer, our basketball reporter, joining me today. Who else would it be? <sighs> Nate, uh, I don't know what we're doing just yet, but we're definitely doing it. I'm, I'm glad that you suggested that we get this going. I've wanted to do more stuff yeah. with the BWI Daily Edition, with our channel, with everything we do. Um, and I'm I'm super excited to be doing this. If you're listening, this is an audio exclusive on the BWI uh, podcast feed. So you are getting the only iteration of this. And we are going to be talking about Penn State hoops. A bunch of stuff came uh, up this week. Obviously, the season started. A lot of other things we're going to get into today. But as always, if you enjoy Penn State basketball, you enjoy our other talk, make sure you subscribe to our Blue White Illustrated feed wherever you get your podcasts because that is how we get to do more of this and we get to get more voices involved and we get to go do more cool things. Uh, I only have so many hours of brain power before I start melting down. Uh, and And I'm excited that we're doing this and I can't wait to get into this. So let's get started. Uh, yeah. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the class of 23? Yeah, I, th I think so. I, I'm, I, well, first of all, I'm also excited to do this. Obviously, uh, for anybody who's listening, who follows me, Penn State basketball, at times I have felt like one of the, uh, and it's not just me, but there's about three of us, I think, that follow Penn State basketball uh, professionally, reporters-wise. Um, and so, you know, sometimes it's it's lost in the wilderness a little bit, but I, I always appreciate people who, um, you know, the, certainly the Penn State fans who are paying attention to the Penn State basketball program. Uh, it, it remains something that I think is deeply fascinating. I like the sport of basketball, and I, I also think, um, you know, not to not to begin on this note, but a team that wins and then loses and then wins and loses and remains part of a postseason conversation throughout is yeah. infinitely more interesting to me than <laughs> a football team that goes on the road, loses to a top five team in the country, and the season is considered over in yeah. the public. And right, like just the narrative of that bothers me about college football right now. Yeah. Um, so no, allowed it's... for more ups and downs. There's allowed for kind of like this podcast where I don't have to be staring at the camera. So my ADHD can take over and I can be more relaxed. Like there's just more room for stuff and stories in basketball. It... Fun fact. It's actually, you know, you know, not that we're 10 anymore, but like you have your favorite sports and all that stuff. Like basketball is, is quietly my second favorite sport. I just was so bad at it. I had to stop playing. Sure. I know more about basketball than I know about anything else, but that doesn't mean I know anything about basketball. Yeah. And, and, you know, nor do I other than I'm, I'm paying attention and I'm trying to learn yeah. as much as I can. And, and, you know, certainly I feel like uh, I, I've established over the years, this is year 18 of doing this that, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully uh, it, it comes through comes through yeah. in the work that um you know that i do so yeah so no that, let's the fact that there was a an outcry for this podcast to start yeah. is yeah. is i think testament to your 18 years of hard work and uh and the desire to know more about micah shrewsbury and his team and things that might actually happen for penn state basketball yeah all the things that are are possible now this year starting with a class of 23 like this is yeah. this looks like a really good group right yeah, for sure. It is it is about for 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 the class of 2023, it's about next year and moving forward, yeah. stacking 
this class of three guys on top of the last class of five guys. And so you look into the future and Penn state has a situation where it's roster next year, no matter who stays and who goes after this season is going to have eight freshman or sophomore eligibility players. Right. So, so that it like, this is the program building side of things that Micah Shrewsbury and his staff really weren't able to do in that first year where they were just scrambling to, to have a roster, right? You, yeah. You're bringing in transfers, you're doing all kinds of stuff, begging people to stay, please stay. Um, you know, and, and it, it's just interesting now looking at this team, you know, Jalen Pickett is all big 10. He, he's a fan. Like that was an unbelievable pickup for them last year, like under those circumstances to bring him into the program. And so you, you like him a lot. You have been Jaylen raving Pickett. about him for two years. I remember this summer we were at open practice and you, you couldn't stop gushing about how good he was. We'll we'll talk about that later. My, my love for Jalen Pickett knows no ends. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. But, but before then uh, Penn state welcomed three new members to the program on Wednesday for the class of two, 2023. Uh, Carrie Booth, is the the prize by all accounts right uh and, yeah. and in no way does that diminish uh the other two players that are in the class but Kerry booth is a big deal it is a big deal for penn state to bring in uh a, a player of this caliber but also the type of player that he is which i'll touch on in a minute uh he is joined by logan imes who is kind of a combo guard point guard shooting guard but i think is able to handle it enough that that I'm more comfortable calling him uh, a point. Uh, and then Braden Shrewsbury, who is obviously the son of Micah. And <sighs> I know, believe it or not, uh, you know, is, is a kid who I think if it, it's always, it's always hard to tell perceptions. Right. And so yeah. when I look at Braden Shrewsbury and talk to people who see him on the AU circuit, uh, certainly the conversations that I have internally, um, you know, it, the the notion and even talking to him over the summer, the notion is because he's Micah's son, because it was fairly clear early in the process for him that he was not only a D1 athlete, but would end up playing at Penn State. He didn't really get the attention and the... Um, you know, I, I think he got a little bit of short shrift in terms of how he was evaluated. Taken taken as a, uh, not taken for granted, but taken as kind of a afterthought because it was such a done deal. Yeah, I don't think, I, I don't think his performance, like, you know, it, Logan and Braden were on a team this summer that made the semifinals of, um, I, b- I believe that was the eight, uh, the Adidas circuit, right, in, mm-hmm. in South Carolina. Like, that, that was a good team that they were part of, and... Braden shot the lights out of the ball. Like he, he's an excellent shooter. And so I think that, um, you know, I'm, I'm ballparking the numbers here. Braden came in on, for on three at like number 207 nationally. And Logan, I believe was 202. Uh, I, I think that those are low. I think they're top 150 guys, like more, more on the 150 side of things. Both are three-star athletes. Uh, the on three consensus has Braden as 206 and, uh, then Logan Imes at 201. So you yep. you basically nailed it off the top of your head. Uh, but but point being that they are. Uh, I, I'll just give the like the front end analysis, which is Logan is a winner, 
he, he wins. He, mm-hmm. Like it, he's just a nutcase for winning, which is a great thing. You, like you want that. You want a heady kid uh, who makes plays. He's a playmaker. The ball in his hands, not in his hands, no matter where he is on the floor. He's just doing smart things. Uh, and and Braden is just he's an exceptional shooter. Uh, and I think that we'll we'll get into this later in the podcast, but you know, the performance that Penn State had on Monday night, they shot 48% from three. That's it. That, that That's the formula here is for as uh, trying and plotting and slow paced as Penn State basketball was last year. It's what they needed to do to win. It's right. They, they had to do it. That's not the style of basketball that, Michael Shrewsbury wants. Michael Shrewsbury does want that defensive intensity. He, he wants that defensive grittiness to be the foundation of what they do. But they want shooters. They want skilled yeah. players. And following Penn State basketball for as long as I have, that that has been a very difficult thing to procure within the program. It is mm-hmm. not necessarily athletes. They've been able to get some guys who have had a lot of athleticism and and can play but shooters are shooters <laughs> and uh <laughs> right. you know they're they're harder to come by sometimes and i think that that what they've demonstrated with this class and particularly with those two, those two guys logan uh and brayden is that they they've gotten some guys who can score in different ways but also in brayden certainly ha- they have an elite level uh shooter right so what about carrie booth then um exactly. 10 yeah, you know that's so you've got the shooters, you got you got that offense coming in still. What about Kerry Booth? Because you know bigs are always hard to find, and getting in the find. transfer portal was even hard to find. So tell us about Kerry Booth and what he brings to this group. So he's he's a big who's not really a big. I mean, he he is the definition of a of a stretch four. I actually talked to his dad Calvin uh, over the summer when he committed, and I, I you know you're always trying to find background on some of these kids and get, get the origin story. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, Carrie's always been kind of tall, but from eighth grade, sixth grade, Calvin said he was shooting threes. He, he like, he's just, he's a great shooter. And so they, they've, they've added this six ten six ten and a half actually Ooh. frame. I know, believe it or not. Uh, and he's he's young. He's a super young kid. So he still has the potential to grow. Uh, mm-hmm. His brother is seven feet tall. Like, th- there is still an opportunity here. Um, did I re- maybe scratch that? I may, I may be misremembering that. Um, <laughs> but in any case, uh, he, he's just, he's just some, from the super athletic family. His sister plays volleyball. Um, he, he, and he has skill again, he has skill. He he's got ball skills. He can catch the ball, uh, tons of dunks. If you look at his highlight reel, ton, tons of dunks can rebound the basketball. I think probably still needs to improve in some areas with that physicality. That was kind of the wrap on him this summer, uh, uh-huh. in, in some of the, the higher end matchups that he had during the AAU circuit, he, he came out on, um, not, not that he played poorly. He didn't, he played well, but against those bigger bodies and, and kids that were older than him. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was a little bit more of a challenge physically, but to add that piece, like, I mean, you know, let's, let's be realistic about this. Penn state has not ever, ever had ever. a six ten shooter. Right. right. Like that's just so, not something that, that existed. And with the ability to, to, to dribble the basketball. 
Yeah, and that unlocks a lot. But so here's the dumb question. What's the potential? What's the ceiling on that? You know, uh, is here here's another way to ask this that I think might lead somewhere. Is this a legitimate NBA talent? Is this a guy who is going to be one of the best in college basketball or is it too early to tell T Frank, stop it. He just signed. Yeah, it's, it's way early, but yeah, I mean, he's probably going to be an NBA draftee. Like mm-hmm. that's, <laughs> just, just, that's something. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it's, I, I think that you never want to be unfair. That's, that's my thing. And so yeah. you, you just right. But if you're talking about generally, right. He's a top 50 kid. He literally checked in for on threes rankings at number 50. Uh, if you're a top 50 kid, you, you have a, you are projecting to be that type of a talent, uh, you know, lottery pick. I don't know, probably not, but mm-hmm. a, a kid who, who at this stage of the game has the opportunity to, de- to develop. And that was the one thing that Micah Shrewsbury said on, on Wednesday that I thought was really important is he just said, Hey, uh, you know, his age is important to this conversation. He's not a finished product. And yeah. so there people will need to have some level of patience with him, which again, mm. if you look at the way that the roster is constructed, like, do, do I think he's going to start on day one? Yeah, I do. I think he's going to be really good. I, I think, I mean, Kevo, we'll see. <laughs> I haven't thought that one out completely, but he's, <laughs> he's going to have an opportunity to, yeah. to play a ton of basketball early in his career, but there, there, there will be a little bit of a developmental process for him, um, you know, to, to, to get to that point. And another thing he said, uh, Micah said on, on Wednesday was, you know, when Keba, when Keba Jai signed to Penn state and when he got to Penn state, those eight months, you know, seven months, whatever it was, like he transformed, <laughs> he, he became a totally different person. He, he grew, he got bigger, he bulked up. And so now you've got a piece uh, in Keba who like, if that same trajectory or if anything like it happens with Carrie, uh, you know, the, the sky is honestly, it's the limit. He, he, he really has the potential to be uh, a great, great, great addition uh, for Penn State basketball. So what about the rest of the class? You know, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Penn State is still fighting their way to respectability, to yep. the idea of being able to land top recruits. Kerry Booth obviously has a clear link to the program. I mean, two-thirds of this class have an obvious direct link to the program. So where are the areas for Michael Shrewsbury where he needs to continue that work so that the 2024 class uh, can sustain this level of top recruiting? Yeah. Um, so, so two things, uh, I, I don't, not that it's an unfair question. It's not, but the Penn state tie almost ended up being a, a negative for Penn Interesting. state in some ways for booth for, for yeah. Gary booth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For, Why? for him, uh, for Calvin, because they didn't want the compare, like the baggage of that is, is weighty. There's, there's a lot to it. Calvin was a, you know, 12 year NBA player. He's the, the general manager of an NBA team. Now, like there, there's a lot to that of your kid going to the same school and the expectations of the fan base being for 
the kid to be just as good as dad or better. And yeah. so what, whether that's true or not, and I think he's got great potential to, to, to be that, to have that type of a career. Uh, it's still, it's still a lot and you don't want everyone's perceptions to be clouded by that, which I think sure. was a, a, a legitimate concern of theirs, uh, you know, through the recruiting process. But ultimately it, it wasn't about Penn state, the plays it was Mike Shrewsbury and the type of program that they want to run, uh, feeling comfortable with the, like the NBA ties, the scheme, all of the things that Shrewsbury brings to the program from uh, like literally an X's and O's standpoint. Those are the things that were appealing to both Calvin and Carrie. So, um, so yeah, so no, he, he's, he's a huge addition, um, but they did miss, right? Like if, yeah. if you're looking, if you're looking at the, if I'm, summarizing the story of Penn state basketball's recruiting efforts for the class of 2023. uh, They had a bunch of guys that they were in on very early. They are, they are very good at identifying talent. These are guys who were out of the top 100 when the relationships started, but they procured those relationships. They fostered those relationships. They nurtured those relationships. And as that was happening, some of these guys exploded and yeah. not just some like a decent amount of them to the point where they ended up finding themselves battling with blue bloods, Michigan state. Yep. Right. Like Kentucky, Ohio state, you name it. Uh, Devin Royal is the most notable example of a kid that they lost out on who, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think Devin was being honest with his final three that he announced in his recruiting, you know, like what he was cutting it down to. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, he's a Columbus kid. It's Ohio state. Fine. But I, I am fairly convinced that Penn state was his number two. Mm-hmm. Right. And so uh, they, they lost out on him. Uh, they lost out on uh, Reed Ducharme. They lost out on Deshaun Harris Smith. They lost out on Amani Hansberry. Um, like, any of those guys who they were very involved with and were in the, the top five, top six, depending on um, the, the, the kid and what he released, any of those guys would have been the, the like, I, I wouldn't phrase it as a cherry on top mm-hmm. because I think they needed them. And so now, you know, nobody bats a thousand and you don't always get exactly what you want. But I, I do think there was this interesting dynamic of Penn State is what Penn State is. Yeah. They are working to change that. They are yeah. working to, to, to alter that perception. But you still, when you get into recruiting matchups like that, like that, that's hard. Like Penn State is at a disadvantage yeah. historically, perception wise, facilities wise, and what I think is the unspoken element. Um, and I'm going to write about it today. NIL. Yeah. <laughs> NIL. You, I, I was, just, I was going to, I was going to ask about this next because the note you sent over NIL is going to be an issue moving forward. Copy and paste that to any sport, uh, yep. maybe save wrestling. Cause I think they're going to be able to be just fine, but that's going to be an issue in, in every sport. What's the situation with Penn state basketball specifically in the scope of basketball and the scope of Penn state, and the resources that have to be divvied up between, you know, all the other programs and all the other attention and the focus on football. 
where does it fit with all that stuff and can it succeed can it get where it needs to go in the future yeah i don't know i don't know i it, it's going to be very interesting to me because i think football needs to happen first and for anybody listening to this who, who hasn't heard me before I, I am a broken record on nil uh that penn state needs more it needs a more secure like more people with more money yeah. need to get behind Penn State football specifically, right? Because we know we know wrestling has some funding and feels fairly good about where they are. Football needs to be better. Yeah. But I think is, is that your update, by the way? Is that your update on football? Because I was just gonna you that football needs to be better. Yeah, that it's that it's not where it needs to be, and we're heading into December, into the end of the recruiting period there. Yes, always. Uh, I mean, I, I look like danger, and I know that we're totally off track on the hoops podcast, but this is <sighs> no. this speaks to the bigger picture of NIL, and yeah. this has a trickle down effect then to basketball. Of like, is it in danger? Is it in uh, just needs to be better to compete and go where they want? Or what's your read on what you've seen? I don't think it's danger. I don't think it's okay. bottom. I think it's middle. I, I, right? Like, I think I think Stuck that, in the middle. There just there's just so much room to grow and being able to compete at the scale that everyone else is doing right not not everyone else there's going to be a clear distinction here you already see it people talk about top 25 teams there's five teams in college football that have an opportunity uh to win right and those are the programs that are doing this on an nil scale well basketball is the same way there are going to be basketball schools that yes the top five whatever it is you've got that situation and You've just got, when you need a check, somebody can write it. Yeah. Penn State isn't in that situation for basketball. doesn't need to be in that situation for basketball, but they got to have something. <laughs> they have something. And so that it, it, it will be an effort. It's going to be a storyline. I'll be very interested to see how Micah handles it moving forward in t- because he didn't say it outright during his press conference, but he, he did say, um, he, he, like he just alluded to it. He was like, uh, you know, if you're watching this and, uh, you know, you Penn state recruiting, like, or, or Penn state basketball, you can help us like kind of like wink, wink. Yeah. It's it, let, let, allow me to read through the wink. He's saying Penn state basketball needs NIL funds. They're going to need it, especially when they get into some of these recruiting battles because you're trying to like, if, if you're able to offer, I'm going to ballpark a number $20,000 as like a threshold, a a baseline. Hey, when you come to Penn state, this is what you can count on as a Penn state basketball player. And they're not there. They're not $20,000. But if you could say that, that, that would be a great place to start. And then as if you're a star, you can take off from there. There, there are more opportunities there. Um, but, but I don't know, um, that it's just, it's going to be a factor. You're, you're going to have yeah. to be able to compete in that space because the reality is Michigan States, not, they're going to have more money than that. Like they're they're going <laughs> to, Illinois is going to be able to say, Hey, uh, you, you can come here and make this immediate m- money. The, the pitch, and this cr- is a crossover to James Franklin and, and to Penn state football. The pitch is hey, this is a short-term deal. Do you want to make all your money in college and not be a good pro? Or do you want to make some money in college and become a great pro? 
because yeah. we can develop you into that. And I think yeah. that that's what, what Shrewsbury and his staff, they're going to intend for that to be their calling card. Yeah. It, it's, it's so fascinating and nobody knows what's going on. Uh, nobody, nobody truly knows all of the things to, to and it changing on a regular basis, new territory. So anytime we have a chance to talk NIL in, in a little bit of specificity, I'm going to jump on it because it, it's something that's going to, as you just laid out, going to determine so much of the future. Yep. Uh, let's get to the, let's get to the basketball team. Let's get to the guys that played on yep. Monday and the guys that are playing tonight. If you're listening on Thursday or the guys that are playing that played yesterday, if you're listening to this podcast on replay. So win the first game against Winthrop 93, 86, um, 68. Oh, that see, ah, yeah. So that's, close. uh, <laughs> that's my dyslexia. Um, what do you think? I, I know that threes yeah. are a huge part of this. Yeah. They, uh, they went nuts. Um, they yeah, made, 68 makes way more sense. Yeah. <laughs> they made, let me, let me pull up the stats here. They made 47% of the three pointers. They hit 55% from the floor. Um, and, and everybody shot it well. Like the thing that stood out to me was they scored 93 points and went to their bench. I don't know, eight minutes to play, maybe seven minutes to play left in the game. So, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it was never, it was never like unconsciousness, right? It wasn't like they shot out of the gates and were just going crazy from the get go. They scored 93 points in a college basketball game where, uh, you know, it was a, I don't know, a 16 to 13 game at, you know, five minutes in, eight minutes in. Like they, mm-hmm. they, it, it, they didn't shoot out of the gates so hard that 93 points would have seemed like a realistic possibility. <laughs> so I, what, what overwhelmingly came through to me was, Hey, this is a team that just can get it going, right? Yeah. And you already knew that. Like they, we, we we've already talked about that. Uh, you know, Micah Shrewsbury certainly said that in an interview that I had with him. Um, you, you know, before the start of the season, that they looked across the floor and saw a point guard in Jalen Pickett who does what he wants. He's just he's just he's just so good. He's just old man basketball, smart. He he's he bully ball in the paint like you, you yeah. name it he just he just has a, such a great range and he's so fun to watch but they added to him all of these pieces that are consistent right mm-hmm. so camera winner who didn't have a great game uh started and will have better games he's going to be better than he was on monday moving forward he can shoot it outside he can also uh, drive the lane Andrew Funk was the d- dude who went nuts. And this is, this is, I think the expectation, right? Is Andrew Funk's not going to score 22 points a game. He's not going to yeah. make six of 10, three pointers, but an eight of 12 from the floor. Like those are fantastic numbers for a debut. He's going to get super hot. He's going to be very difficult for teams to completely eliminate. Mm-hmm. Teams are going to try. Teams are going to try. Teams are going to defend him uh, like glue. They're going to put, bigger, better defenders on him as the season goes along that the same is going to hold true for Jalen Pickett. But what Penn state has this year that it hasn't had in the past is okay. You've got those two pieces. When teams devote resources to taking them away, what's going to happen. Seth Lundy, 
Uh, yep. Made two three-pointers. Cam Winter didn't make any three-pointers, but he's going to make three-pointers. Caleb Dorsey made a three-pointers. They had seven guys make at least one three on, on Monday night. Like, that's yeah. not do you, typical. Do you think that this team has enough balance getting to the bucket, you know, other forms of scoring set pieces that if the shooting dries up, because we've seen this with previous Penn State teams that have had maybe two good shooters or three good shooters that if somebody has a bad night, then you have to pivot to a different style of play. Does this team have enough balance with Pickett and some of the other veterans to do that? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, Kevin okay. Jai, you didn't, you didn't get to see, um, you know, the best of him. He had four fouls. Um, but no, they, they do have players who can score on the interior um, and, and who can do different things, right? I mean, that's, I, I just think that, uh, Miles Dredd is a three point shooter, obviously. Um, but they just, they just have a lot of these pieces. Evan Mahaffey. <laughs> I forgot about Miles. He's, he's about the Miles. Sean Clifford of, of Penn State basketball. He's been here for 13 years. He's, he's been around for a while, but he's, he's made strides. I think that it's important to note, like Miles is he healthy Dredd, this year. He's healthy. He had off season yeah. surgery. He's just, he's in a much better place. Um, and you know, I think he thinks he's going to have a great season. I think he's, I, I think he's going to have a great season. Penn state's counting on him to have a great season. So yeah. it's just, it's just, um, you know, strength in numbers, right. Is, is Penn state has always been limited. They, they have had high end players singular. Yep. They haven't had this type of a collection of talent in, in quite a while. If, if for, the years that I've been covering it, I mean, it just, it's been very infrequent. And so now you have these different options, different ways to win um, that I think are going to be very interesting to see moving forward. Size uh, in on the inside, like we talked about with Kerry Booth, it's always hard to get bigs, yeah. especially like a true center. Uh, Penn state has made it work over the years, finding guys that can provide those skills, but, uh, is there somebody or some group of somebodies that can provide the presence on the interior to get key rebounds and to keep other teams from getting a lot of extra opportunities? Is, is there somebody on this roster that can provide that service to yeah, give need... that side of things? Well, I mean, like the first and foremost thing is that you need your guards to rebound. Mm-hmm. If if teams are um, if teams are shooting from deep, which is how the game has transformed there are long rebounds attached to that. And so you, you, your guards, your, your small forward, uh, your wings, they, they all have to be involved on that end of the floor. And I think that Penn State will commit to that. Um, but no, Ke- Keba and Caleb Dorsey, like both of those guys are going to have to rebound. They're going to have to dedicate themselves uh, to, to being a force rebounding. And, and I think that you've seen with Keba, he can do that. <laughs> he's He's got that ability. His... The whole thing with him is just going to be how much he's able to stay on the floor with fouls being an early issue for him. And Mm -hmm. to people listening, I don't just mean on Monday. I mean, through the preseason, like through his time at Penn State, this is something that is tracked through practice. It's tracked in the scrimmages that they had. Like he's had some issues with fouling. Mm -hmm. So it's going to there's going to be a learning curve there for him that he's going to need to figure out because they, they need to have him on the floor. He, he's good enough that they're counting on him. Um, but yeah, C- Caleb Dorsey is a guy who's made a lot of improvements in that area. And I think he's going to impress some people as well. 
what is the uh, outlook for this team? What do you think is the the median of what they can be? What's the ceiling of what they can be? And what's your expectation of where they land? You know, this is where it gets tough because it's I a long ass season and there's going to be injuries and things we don't predict. <laughs> it's yeah. And here's the thing. If I say what I think right now, mm-hmm. uh, people are going to say I'm crazy and that's fine. But I think they're easily going to make the NCAA tournament. Not only do like, I think they're going to win. <laughs> I think they're going to win north of 20 games. I think, like, I don't think it's going to My be. Heart is racing, Nate. <laughs> I know. I know. I just, I, not that I don't see ways or avenues for opponents to beat them. There are so many factors that go into this stuff. How good is the rest of the Big Ten? Yeah. How good is the rest of the, the non-conference schedule? Uh, can, can they win eight of 11 games in the non-conference? I, yeah, I think they can. I, I don't know anything about Butler. Nobody knows anything about Butler. Butler will have played one game before Penn State gets them. Uh, you know, so how, like, how do those things shake out? Uh, you get Furman in the first round of the Charleston Classic. Who are you playing in the second round? You, you might be playing Virginia Tech. Like some of these things are out of your control and you just have to see where the chips fall. But I just think that Andrew Funk is legit. Cam Winters legit. Seth Lundy's legit. Mm-hmm. Um, Jalen and, and Jalen Pickett is maybe the big 10 player of the year. I don't know. We'll see. Whoa. Nate know. shooting his shot. I think he's. I think he's. I think he's a first team All Big Ten player. Okay, I, I do. I think he's that good. Um. So yeah. So we'll. You know, the depth plays in. How how do the freshmen develop? You know. But when you've got when you've got Miles Dread and his experience, you've got Dian Johnson, his experience coming off the bench. I just I think it bodes well. Like. Keba Jai coming off the bench. Like there are situations that um, you know. I just think that there's a, a, quite a bit of potential for these guys uh, this season, and you know, it, it's it's all about development. Yeah. Get get as good as you possibly can through this part of the schedule without stubbing your toe. Um, and maybe if, even if you do stub your toe, but without stubbing your toe multiple times make those developments and get to the big 10 and then see where things fall as few steps back as few steps back as possible while still making all those strides, right? Put it this way, put it this way. Cause, cause this is important. Uh, if they score 74 points a game mm-hmm. based on last year's number in the big 10, that would be top third might even be top quarter of the of the of the scoring offenses in the Big Ten mm-hmm. last year. They, I, I think that they have that potential. I think that, that they just have an opportunity to score buckets. Like they're just gonna make a bunch of threes. They're gonna shoot a ton of threes. They set they set a, a program record for single game made threes in their first game of the season. Uh and they took uh I don't have it anymore. They they took like 
37, 38, that like that might have been a record too. I think the 38 attempts is the most uh 38 attempts is the most. Yeah, and they tied that. They tied 38 attempts. So 18 of 38. They're gonna take a ton of threes, they're gonna make a ton of threes. Uh they will die by the three. I'm certain that there will be games on the schedule that they die by the three, but uh I I think they're gonna win a bunch of games. Uh making a bunch of three-pointers and to your point if they die by the three once the season isn't over uh Loyola if you're listening to this on Thursday we're releasing this in the afternoon uh preview of the game I don't expect Nate to have an in-depth breakdown of Loyola but what do you think what what do you what do you think coming up in this game and um for anyone who is listening before where the heck is this game how how do we what's the flow chart for where to find basketball Seven o'clock BTN plus, which is a subscription that you have to go to beat like Google BTN plus it's nine 99 a month. Uh, you can cancel after a month because I mm-hmm. don't think you'll need it after this month. Um, but yeah, it, you know, buyer beware at, at your own risk. Some of the reports on Monday night were that the, the broadcast quality was not great. Um, not but no, if you, you know, if you, if you want to see the game, that's where it's at. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think loyal is, uh, very good. <laughs> so that's, um, you know, it, it'll be, it'll be inter- like worse than Winthrop. Winthrop was, is a, a little bit banged up team, but yeah. is a pretty good team. They're going to win a ton of games this year. Like that's, yeah. that's a pretty good team. Uh, and Penn state kind of had their way with them. Uh, I, I think that Loyola is a step down. Loyola, Maryland is a step down from that. And so Penn State uh, should should feel fairly good going into this game uh, about what its prospects are there. Nate Bauer burning the candles at both ends, covering basketball, covering football. This is a busy time of the year for Nate. Appreciate you doing this podcast. Appreciate uh, everyone who listened to our inaugural maiden voyage on the Hoops podcast Nate, do you have any, uh, do you have a speech prepared for parting words? Do you have a benediction on the show? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, and it is to the listener, uh, please provide feedback because one, I don't know that a basketball podcast about Penn state exists otherwise. And so we're, we're figuring this out as we go, yeah. right? We're like, we're, we're going to try our best, uh, to, to give insights where we can, um, you know, figuring out a schedule, all of these things are, are going to be addressed by us based on the demand that exists for it. So, um, hopefully this was insightful. Hopefully this is something that you guys enjoyed listening to. Uh, and if you did, please provide feedback. If you didn't just be nice about it. That's all we ask. <laughs> That's all we ask. Uh, but yeah, no, well, I'm, I'm excited for the possibility and, uh, We'll see where we can go from here. Yeah, we're going to, we're definitely doing it because I said so. So let's find out how we're going to do it, which is going to be determined by uh, you, the listener. Thanks for listening to the Hoops podcast. It's Penn State basketball, Nate Bauer. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. We will be back sometime. Find out together. <laughs>